Yeah, let me know when you get that drywall up and I will just come on over and slap some cartoons on it. Hello everybody, welcome to Coruscant Radio Underground. The Star Wars Podcast presented by ScienceFictionary.com. I'm Daniel Peoples, and joining me tonight are Andrew Gore and the long-lost, thought he was dead, Robbie Gore. Hey, everybody. I'm, I finally got off of work. <laughs> He's been on work. He's been at work for the last month. After four months. Four months. <laughs> All right. So what's going on with everybody? Was anything new? Um, so for me, really, just uh, a lot of uh, D&D. I'm running a campaign, so a lot of... D&D prep since it's early on in the campaign and I'm trying to flesh out the storyline and then other than that just work awesome Daniel what's going on with you I am in Savannah Georgia which for Robbie is not that far away from me it is 600 miles from home so you know we all have real jobs sometimes they get in the way of stuff (laughs) that is true I hear the Wi-Fi is good down there in Savannah, Georgia. Y'all have no clue. (laughs) Not only is my Wi-Fi terrible in this hotel, the Wi-Fi is terrible on the job site. It is is a mess. I have not had good cell phone reception or internet since I got in Georgia. I can't believe the podcast. I know it's not Georgia's fault. It's just the the way it is. I can't believe the podcast doesn't have a budget for a hotspot for daniel yeah i know yeah right now our right now our budget is mostly money out the door so <laughs> my company gonna... actually sent me two myfis neither one of them work that's been but... my luck with internet lately that's fantastic so who got a chance to watch the avengers trailer uh i did not watch the avengers trailer yet oh no is, i know it's All been like a week jesus christ rob <laughs> <laughs> I did watch the Avengers trailer. I'm going to be the people are going to throw rocks at me. I like I'm not sure that it's the greatest trailer ever made. I'm not convinced this is going to be the greatest movie ever made. Everybody is jumping over the moon for this thing. It's a good trailer. Marvel makes good trailers. I'm actually more excited for things like either Captain Marvel movie. And I say either because I still call Shazam, Captain Marvel, I'm old school. And an Aquaman movie. I like, you know, I want to see some new characters. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for those, but yeah, I'm still excited to see where they go with those Avengers because wherever they have to wrap this like 20 movie arc and launch us into whatever's next. I had a really good idea for the whole thing, Mm -hmm. and I think that they should remake all of the Avengers movie, but it's claymation. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) I don't think it has to be that complicated. I'm not about the claymation. I'm talking about the saying about Lashkas and what's ever new you just you just keep going i mean well yeah but i mean they this the build-up to this thanos thing has been the entire time pretty much this was always the the trajectory and they're i mean they're saying very different things coming after this movie because you know some of these characters we may not have around anymore one because they you know we don't know how they're gonna handle them in the movie two there's a lot of contracts up yeah these actors have been playing these characters for a long time you know in yeah. the world of movies anyway it's been a long time yeah 10 years it's been 10 years for robert downey but yeah we'll we'll see um i'm excited I'm, for all the other movies too i'm just mm-hmm. upset that disney can make so many new star wars things and so many marvel things but they can't give me a third national treasure movie <laughs> Like you know just, what, Robbie, I'm actually going to agree with you because I actually <laughs> happen to kind of, I enjoy the National Treasure movies. Okay, I, didn't they, no isn't there a third Marvel National Treasure movie that's sitting on a shelf somewhere? I mean, I wrote one, but <laughs> it's more sitting in, in my home's like legacy, just everyone that lives in this house knows about National Treasure 3, International Treasure which is actually a prequel that I wrote. So I, I don't know if there's an official one, but there's that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> kind of nice title. Anyway. No, there, there is a National Treasure 3 in development, according to IMDb. Oh, my God. There's nothing wrong with it. This is now a National Treasure 3 podcast, everybody. <laughs> I'm, I mean, really, I'm really excited. I really do like that movie. Anyways, I don't mean to derail everything. No, no, you hadn't derailed because we hadn't gotten started yet. This is why we started doing this kind of stuff at the beginning. So we could talk about National Treasure 3. That's right. 
Oh my god, I'm so excited. Uh, they didn't take my idea, did they? The plot is unknown at this time. They may be waiting on a copy from you. I'll send it to you, and I'll have uh, I'll have Jaws Weed and punch it up a little bit. Probably not a bad idea, actually. Did you did you storyboard this thing on your on your wall? You're gonna have to peel drywall off to send to Disney. I'm actually coming over to your house to do that later. <laughs> yeah, because Andrew doesn't have enough drywall problems. Nah, all my drywall problems are better, but I do have you know Robbie has drawn cartoons on my wall before, so not on this wall. Since he was drawn? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I've done that. <laughs> Uh, when I when I bought my first house, Daniel, you came over there, uh, that little little house I had over by Duncan Park. And when I first moved in, it had the one wall in the dining area with the worst wallpaper I've ever seen in my life. It would make you dizzy if you stared at it for too long. The day that I closed the sale on that house, I went over there and peeled the wallpaper off. That was the first thing I did when I closed on that house. And then I never got around to painting it. For like two years, I didn't paint that wall. So Robbie drew a cartoon on it, but it got to be a thing where everybody that came to the house drew something on that wall. After a while, I kind of hated to paint it. Yeah, that's actually kind of neat, to be honest with you. Don't do that to my wall, but... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Daniel's Daniel's building a new house, Robbie, so we'll let you know when it gets to the right stage of development for some wall art. Yeah, let me know when you get that drywall up, and I will just come on over and slap some cartoons on it. There's a running list of people who will never have my address, and Robbie's got that All right, well, let's... uh... Let's well actually I guess I'll give Marisha a second to get her mic her headphones plugged in. She's here, so I guess I'll let her sit down before we uh jump into Star Wars land. Speaking of Star Wars land, I don't think I'm gonna go when that opens. Why not? Because I'm not prepared for those lines. They're expecting I forget how many people they said they're expecting, but they're expecting six to eight hour waits on all the rides. Because of the lions? The lions, yeah. Oh man. That's rough. I didn't even know they had lions in Star Wars. Well, they're winged lions. Ah, that makes sense. They're griffins. Because of Cloud City. All right, now Marisha's sitting down and hey, everybody. Moving, moving my microphone. Hey, Marisha. You have to share. I do. For for one more show, I have to share a mic. How's everybody doing? Pretty good. The, they might make a National Treasure 3, so I'm feeling pretty positive about that. That's awesome. You know, I actually really enjoyed National Treasure. I right. think I think we're in agreement. I think we all actually kind of like National Treasure. I watch it like no, no, once a wait month. Wait a minute. Let's back up a little bit. <laughs> None of us are nominating any of those films for Oscars. Well, well no, that's why they're guilty pleasure they films. <laughs> that's why we all hey, sit. There are lots of movies that will never win any kind of award that I really like. Yeah, no, they they are no thought necessary enjoyable movie. Which is nice sometimes. Yeah, exactly. All right, Star Wars. What's going on in Star Wars world? All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Episode Nine. I don't know if y'all had a chance to read any of the Episode Nine stuff I sent, but mostly just going to kind of go through. At this point, we're finally starting to get some actual some things that are still rumors, but they're starting to get fleshed out enough and reported by. We're starting to get more credible rumors. <laughs> right. There, there are rumors now coming from reputable sources. So far, we had had a lot of rumors from. A lot of the worst sources on the internet, but we're we're getting some pretty good information now. And uh, one of those stories, and we've talked a little bit about this, but now that it's coming up as supposedly it is a thing, we figured we'd jump back into it. And the first one is that uh, Kylo Ren has reconstructed his mask. So we thought at the after the last Jedi that maybe we had seen the last of the mask, but supposedly Kylo Ren is either back in his mask or another mask. Kind of down with the mask. I'm all for my, you know, my villain. Whether he winds up a Sith Lord or not, I'm all for my villain wearing a mask. Daniel, Robbie, what do y'all think about uh, whether or not Kylo Ren should wear the mask again? Um, I think it's it's pretty fitting with the kind of the whole way that Star Wars has been written over time. Uh, it would be kind of you know poetic in its own way, and it, it makes sense. I, I don't see any reason not to do it, but I guess I guess we'll see on that. It's interesting on a couple of levels. One, you do you know they you do have the original director back that put him in the mask to start with, right? Right. Right. So those are the, these are the, the first things that pop in my head, whether they should be the first things or not, is that Ron Johnson got rid of the mask and 
JJ's bringing it back. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. It's just kind of like, well, you, it's, yeah. that's kind of interesting to me. And it, as far as it being fitting the character and do I like it? I do like it. It's, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but he should be in the mask. We started Force Awakens with wanting to kind of be kind of circular. I don't know what the word I'm looking yeah. for is with the original trilogy. And mm-hmm. your villain wears a mask. He's an analog Right. In certain ways, to Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm cool with it. Right, and I I kind of want to know a little bit more. You know, with a lot of our Sith lords through old legends and everything, and I, kind of coming back into new. I mean, they haven't really introduced us to a lot of new Sith lords or, or brought a lot of the old ones back yet. But you know, we we the masks had purpose, mm-hmm. and I'd like to know. Is it just that Vader wore a mask, so I wear a mask? Or, or is, is there something Is else? there something more to the mask? I don't know. I, I think you're probably right the first time. I, I, I do, too. It's him paying homage to, you know, he wanted to be like Vader. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and it was, it was Snoke prodding at him and, you know, basically calling him a child for imitating an idol that right. made him smash the mask in the first place. He mm-hmm. became embarrassed by it which just and now we're bringing it back around apparently it's not embarrassed by it no more so we, you know there, there needs to be a fitting explanation for why he would rebuild the mask after after the mm-hmm. places you left him in in last jedi but i'm sure they'll do it right well you know at this point he's going to be who he is for the first time in his entire life on his own terms you know he's always lived on someone else's terms he was this you know he was the son of the senator and the famous general, he was the Jedi student. He was the student of, what, Snoke student. He was the leader of the Knights of Ren. But for the first time, he gets to be who he wants to be on his own terms. So that's kind, of, that's kind of the point. He's always been in someone else's shadow. Right. Putting the mask back on kind of puts him back in Vader's shadow. Yeah. It, but, it is, does, but is that who he well, wants to be? Right. And it's kind of a matter of who, right. where this right. goes. And, and Vader is... Or at least his idea of Vader is who he wants to be. Because, right. But now he's done the one thing that Vader... He's done the thing Vader never did now. What's that? He struck down his master. Vader, and, and Vader, replaced Vader did, but not as a Sith would. Vader right. did to save his son. Right. So it's not the same kind of decision. He, he actually gets is here that Kylo has taken control of the, the evil. He's taken control of the what serves as this version of the Empire. Right. And so the other side of this story is Kylo is... There's reports that Kylo will redon the mask. The other side is that Rey has reconstructed the Skywalker lightsaber. So right. we're, we're, bringing, we're bringing items important items back into play whether that's because ryan didn't see the the vision that jj abrams did and that jj's story thought these things were more important than ryan johnson thought they were or whether bringing back these broken objects was part of the plan part of the point well i mean it's kind of that's kind of what they're doing they're trying to resurrect something that's pretty much mostly dead you know they're trying to revive the the rebellion and so they would be kind of fitting if if that's kind of what they're doing with the lightsaber Mm -hmm. well it seems to me that it's it's the mirror image now that this is shaping up to be a a mirror image of the last jedi in some ways and in the the last jedi was about destroying the past at least the villains the villains mantra which is the primary mantra that is the villains movie yeah that now we're seeing this we're we're seeing characters including the villain resurrecting the past after being so determined to kill it right yeah that'll be interesting to see i think it's likely though if they do one they'll do the other it seems like they they kind of i don't think they have to be parallel but it seems like a, a good imagery if they're gonna go so that what way. do y'all i mean as far as the lightsaber how important do y'all see i mean the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi put huge emphasis on that lightsaber, mm-hmm. which obviously was an important prop through throughout the at least up till the end of Empire. Jedi, yeah, was an important item. But is that item is it important to the story? I mean, why is so much importance put on Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber? It's not so much being Anakin's. I think I think in world in the for the purpose of the story mm-hmm. yeah. in that galaxy, it is the Skywalker lightsaber. Not necessarily that it was Anakin's or that it was Luke's, but it's just the lore around that family mm-hmm. and 
the lore specifically around Luke. We have a book out there now, The Legends of Luke Skywalker, because that's what he became. And Luke even says it himself in Last Jedi. He became a legend. It is a symbol of hope for much the way Luke was. It was a symbol of hope for that for the galaxy. It, it does serve important in that world. So, you know, I, I do think her con- reconstructing the lightsaber symbolically for some reason probably serves a purpose in story. Right. And I think it probably makes, it's probably going to make sense. But at the same time, I don't want her reconstructing that lightsaber to use it. I do want to see that rite of passage with her. Of right. Well, her that, that was my next question. Do you want to see Ray wield the Skywalker lightsaber or construct her own? I want to see her construct her own, but I think it makes sense to have her repair that one just to use it as a as a symbol, as a rallying point mm-hmm. as, in some way. Yeah, I think... Maybe, uh, it's, maybe it's the centerpiece of the museum and the new Jedi Academy she's going to build at the end of the movie. Right. It may be that they're going to try to, you know, collide both of those concepts there together, that she reconstructs it, but because she has to reconstruct it, it's almost like building her own. I don't know if they're actually going to do that. I don't think the really hardcore fans are going to like that, but I guess, you know, it's one of those things. We'll see if that is actually how it's done or not. No, I mean, she could certainly reconstruct it and make it her own, but there was also, there were, after The Last Jedi, it was assumed that that crystal, that the saber wasn't just torn in half, but that the kyber crystal was as well. So I'm curious to see where all they go with that. I thought there was a model of the thing out there that has an intact an intact crystal, but can we take that as canon? Can we take just because this model of it of the broken Luke, of the broken Skywalker saber has an intact crystal? Does the one in the story have one? Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't seen anything close enough. The the deal with the lightsabers, there's two crystals, and so everybody was like, "Well, the crystal's broken." And other people say, no, it's the two separate crystals. So I have no idea, which is correct. I'm curious to see where they go with that. Even if she's not necessarily refounding the Jedi Order, but if she's pursuing the light side, even if she's not necessarily technically going to be a Jedi, if she's going to be a light side force user, then that's, I think, a a good, you know, if she's going to be the new symbol, that's a good rallying point. Did you see Kevin Smith talking about visiting Zut for episode nine? I didn't watch it, but I knew he was there. It showed up on my suggested videos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's, it's Kevin Smith, so you have to take it all with a with a grain of salt because <laughs> Kevin Smith happy. he gets excited about everything. Everything's got hyperbole behind it, and everything makes him cry. But he was super excited for what he saw, and you know, part of me is. Uh, and part of me is a little jealous, like some because he's excited. He gets excited about everything. Sometimes mm-hmm. he gets excited about things they want to be awful. <laughs> but he's just like there's like oh, no yeah. there's there's like no cynicism. He's just like legitimately like a kid, just excited for this stuff. Mm-hmm. And not not a cynical kid like some of ours. <laughs> <laughs> we have at least one who'll be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Every time something comes up. But no, there's there's definitely something. Life's got to be a little more interesting if everything's that exciting. He just talked briefly about, and apparently he got to spend a whole week on the set. Speaking of jealous. Yeah. <laughs> he said that, uh, he said it's the biggest set that he's ever seen for anything. That it's it's more like JJ's directing a small country, yeah, than, than a movie set. <laughs> wow. You know, he he talked about the scale of it. He again, it's Kevin Smith, but he says that he witnessed a career best performance from somebody. He didn't say who. What was it? He said he said he had to sign so many non disclosure agreements <laughs> that if he said anything, somebody would just pop out and cut his hand off with a lightsaber. <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine how many NDAs you'd have to sign to spend a week on a Star Wars set. Yeah. So which? So who gave the career best performance? He didn't say. Someone, an established character that we've seen before. So I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. It's I guess probably the uh, Lando Calrissian death scene. <laughs> no, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> it's Billy D. He no. nailed it. <laughs> so you know, living in a small town where. You know, I think, I don't know if people even watch sci-fi movies in, in Natchez, Mississippi, but mm. I've gotten some weird looks wearing my Save Lando shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go buy my other one. Yeah, I've come in a couple of days okay. and been like, hey, babe, you working? He's like, I'm working on these t-shirts. <laughs> like, great. <laughs> Your t-shirts that <laughs> you're only going to make money back on whenever you buy them. 
<laughs> hey, I make $3 every time I buy one of those. <laughs> if I were able to go to the Wizard World New Orleans this year, like we always go, I was going to wear that shirt, but I ain't going to make it. You're yeah. not going either? Yeah, it doesn't look like we were going to be able to make it either. Which is sad. Or it'll just be David and his buddies. Yeah. Well, we'll get him on the show one day and get him to give us a report. Yeah, there should be some good stuff going on. Well, it's our 10th anniversary that week, so. Well, better to spend it close to you than New Orleans. Well, we kind of thought about going and spending a day at Comic-Con, but we thought our kids might would have a stroke if we went without them. <laughs> I don't have to know. Yeah, they're going to ask, though, because they know what it is. How long have you been a parent? You ain't learned how to lie to a kid yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, other things that we had going on with episode nine, we had Mark Hamill talking, and I found this interesting, that um, he was talking about how he's currently waiting to receive a script for a for a rewrite. So they're rewrite. they're still rewriting. There are certain amounts of rewrite that are pretty normal, though. Mm-hmm. There are. I did find it. He, he talked a little bit about script security <laughs> for, for Lucasfilm right now for episode nine. And he said, first of all, he said they come printed on this red paper that <laughs> gives you a terrible headache to read. <laughs> but but it's, it what it is is you can't photocopy it. If you try to copy it, it turns the whole, it just prints black. Oh, wow. So you can't make any kind of copy of it. But what I found interesting was... He said a courier will show up with the script from the Lucasfilm offices and he will give everybody, he'll go to the hotel, he'll give them a copy of their script in their room. He will wait. They have so so much time to look over it and then he takes the script and leaves with it. Oh, wow. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's insane. How do you how do you learn a line if you can't spend time with the script? Well, I mean, you know, the way they film this stuff, I don't know if they, I don't know how much... Of their, how many of their lines they really, really learn ahead of shooting? I mean, I think I wasn't. I don't think the couriers like standing there going, "Hey, I need that back." <laughs> I mean, I think they get a few hours with it, and I and I suspect they get so much time with it, on you day. know, per per day. I you know, I don't think the. Yeah, once you get everybody on the set, it's easier to control. Right. right. Yeah. For sure. But they're not allowed to just. They're not going to risk anybody. Going and sitting down in a coffee shop with their script and walking off and leaving it, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is which has happened on big movies. <laughs> Not this one. We knew that security would be super tight, but they're really really controlling it. So anyway, Daniel, we finally got a full cast list, or at least a primary cast list for the Mandalorian. Did you see that? I did see that. Uh huh. Did you see it, Robbie? No. What's uh What's going on with that? Okay, so we've had we've had rumors, which actually on the last episode we inadvertently said it was an official announcement on Pedro Pascal. It wasn't. The official announcement dropped yesterday, I believe, maybe the day before. But it did confirm that Pedro Pascal is the lead role in the lead role of the Mandalorian. Then we have uh, Gina Carano, you know, former you know actress, you know, former MMA fighter. Uh, American Gladiator, all that kind of stuff, who we already knew about, at least unofficially. But then we've had a bunch of names added here. Some of them I know, some of them I don't. But we had Nick Nick Nolte added to the cast. Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. Um, Which, who I can never, like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to take him seriously after Arrested Development. Well, I noticed, like, <laughs> several of the places that announced Carl Weathers, uh-huh. when they originally announced Carl Weathers in... In the Mandalorian, they used a photo of him talking to uh, uh, <laughs> Tobias to, to Tobias <laughs> in uh, Arrested Development. Werner Herzog, uh, I don't. Werner Herzog. Yep, yeah, I'm. I know the name. I know he's a director. I didn't realize he was also an actor. I really just don't know a whole lot about him. But he's he a from the Jack Reacher movies. Okay. Okay. And. Uh, you still hadn't mentioned the one I'm actually excited about, other than Pedro Pascal, the one I'm most excited about. Who is that? Giancarlo Esposito. Okay. He's always a bad guy you love to hate. Mm-hmm. And it don't matter how brutally they kill him, it ain't brutal enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I'm excited for that one. So what do y'all think about these choices? Like, I was a little surprised to see Nick Nolte on the cast list, just because... I hadn't seen Nick Nolte in anything in a while. Wasn't it uh, Nick Nolte that Conan O'Brien used to do the, the all the skits with like the little Nick Nolte doll and the convertible? 
Yeah. Like, that's all I can think about when I think about Nick Nolte. So it's going to, I think the casting overall seems really good. And Nick Nolte's probably a good choice, but it just, it, it, that's all I can think about is just the Nick hmm. Nolte mugshot doll and the convertible on Conan. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about it. I mean, Nick Nolte's an interesting choice, but. I mean, it could end up, you know, depending on what they're doing with him, it could be an excellent choice. Yeah. Depending I mean, on what all they're these, doing with him. All these, all these people are, you know, veterans of the action movie industry. So I don't, <laughs> right. I don't feel like they're going to just let everybody down. No. Well, that was some of the other stuff was the, the Russo brothers took a break from whatever, you know, they're finishing uh, Avengers 4 and, and paid a visit to the set of The Mandalorian. They were blown away. They said, you've never seen a TV show like this. It just kind of gives me like a Firefly feel almost. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a little excited about, I mean, obviously it just can't be. They can't right. Well, I mean, that's Firefly, really what but... Firefly was, was took what, you know, part of the core of what Star Wars was. Mm-hmm. You know, they, 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 they totally well, they, they took part, they took that Western element. Mm-hmm that worked so well in star Wars and, and really leaned heavily into it. Yeah. They took, a, they took, an, they took the Western element of star Wars to an extreme star Wars never did. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they took that and kind of left the fan, some of the fan, you know, the fantasy element out and leaned really heavily into the Western, which I really think a lot of what's going to happen in the Mandalorian, it looks like they're going to lean really heavily into that element. So I'm, I'm really excited, but you know, the, the Russos were talking about, you know, there's technology way beyond what is normally used in television shows being employed to yeah. make this show, which we kind of expected uh, with the budget right? and with John Favreau being the, the producer and especially with what, what Favreau has been doing lately. I mean, he's right. really kind of become one of the, the big pioneers in digital filmmaking. Right. Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, the little bit of information that continues to come out only just serves to make me like more like think, okay, this is going to be cool. It's, it hasn't been anything that's come out and been like, well, that's, that's worrisome. All, all the things that, that they're dropping is like, oh, well that, that's kind of, that's kind of exciting. So. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It feels like they're putting together a great team here. So I, I really hope that mm-hmm. it turns out to be as good as I feel like it's going to be. There's a lot of cool stuff, I mean, you know, going on. There's rumors kind of starting to fly around. There were some rumors came out on kind of the, the premise or, basically at least told us what the MacGuffin of the Mandalorian might be. And that uh, now these were older rumors and it may have totally changed, but that the Mandalorian is protecting a child who, at least according to these rumors, might be the rightful ruler of Mandalore. Interesting. Well, that's a very Western so, kind of, kind of theme. Yeah. Again. Well, and it's an, it's an interesting one. And, and again, playing into, you know, I want to see, the idea is generally is that at this time period, the Mandalorians have been scattered across the galaxy and their civilization kind of left in ruins by the games that the emperor played right. with them during the early days of the empire. So this show could serve to kind of revive, to, to revive the Mandalorian culture mm-hmm. in the star Wars universe, which, which would be great. Yeah. I think it's worth, um, pointing out that the press release said that Pedro Pascal was cast in the role as a Mandalorian gunfighter because we kind of discussed at some point whether he was actually going to be technically Mandalorian or if he was going to be. So apparently that is what they're, they're yeah. that's definitely what they're going. Yeah, I've, I've mostly meant that as a joke when I've, you know, gone back and forth on was he really a Mandalorian. But uh, I, I have a feeling that this is going to, I don't believe they would have brought Dave Filoni on if they weren't going to lean strongly at some point into the Mandalorian such on some of the things he explored i mean i I think they've really been wanting to try dave filoni on live action but this was the right choice i believe because i I do think that they're going to lean strongly into mandalorian culture and he is the the guy for mandalorian culture okay cool so in addition to that uh there appears to have been some confirmation that at least one of the set pieces for the mandalorian is indeed tatooine which I know we've talked about that, and I know we've had kind of mixed uh, feelings feelings well, that's, on that's that. Kind of what some of us—that's that's kind of what we all sort of thought from the the first 
set photo we got, right? Mm -hmm. Like that was. So there were some early set photos that definitely were a desert planet, and a lot we we assumed that it was Tatooine, and then there were some additional rumors that came out a couple of weeks ago where there were some photos of some skiffs being moved around in the set, some speeders and stuff like that, and that there was something set up that there was a an indication that there was lava in the scene, which kind of threw everybody off. Well, now everybody's come back and said that, you know, well, the, the most recent set photos definitely showed a Jawa sand crawler. Mm-hmm. And some, quoting from the article, some architectural features that were distinctly Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, I mean, if we've got a guy out in the outer reaches, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago when David was on about whether or not this story would be contained mostly on one planet or whether we were going to do some jumping around the galaxy. Mm-hmm. But if there is some jumping around the galaxy going on sooner in the outer reaches, sooner or later, you've got to stop in yeah, into Tatooine because mm-hmm. it is the big spaceport in the outer reaches. That's what I was just thinking. It's not a surprise that it's Tatooine and I, my feelings won't be hurt if the whole thing takes place on Tatooine. Tatooine's, uh, they get to definitely do some interesting stuff with that. It'd be interesting to see what has come of Tatooine. That's true. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've seen anything. Well, we don't know if the huts are still in control Mm -hmm. of things out there or or what. So that could all be very interesting. There was a new... We got the Cassian Andor series. Uh, Robbie, did you see that they've announced that they're going to do a Cassian Andor TV series? I did not see that. Okay. So they're, they're bringing back Diego Luna to play Cassian Andor. And I'm so excited. Uh, it looks like it's going to be set several years before Rogue One. So oh, that should be really cool. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. So they could do all sorts of stuff with that. We're we're really excited about that. Well, the announcement that's that's really all we know about it to this point is that they're making it, and Diego Luna is definitely back. But earlier this week, they announced a showrunner for the series is uh, Stephen Schiff. Who is the showrunner for the Americans? Right, very right. right. Well, that'll that'll be good. I mean, that's a good sign. Yeah. So who uh, who at Lucasfilm is such a big fan of the Americans? Because didn't they just announce one of the actresses from the yeah, Americans in episode um, nine? Gina Carano, right? No, no not Gina Carano. Who did who did they announce? Oh no, they announced somebody for episode nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Russell. Jerry Russell. <laughs> that's right. Seems like that's one that keeps kind of popping up. Oh, this person from the Americans. So who is who who is the carrier for all these shows? Like what? I mean, I'm assuming it's a, a Disney on. Uh, Di- these two will be station. on Disney. Will be on Disney Plus. You know, of course, we still don't even know. Like Disney Plus is supposed to drop. Early reports were next summer, and then it was late summer, and now they pretty much just say late 2019. So we don't really know when that's dropping. But both of these series are being shot exclusively for Disney Plus. Interesting. Well, that'll be a big draw to their platform. Yeah. I just, I've got, I've got so many platforms. I, right. I'm, uh, I'm starting to become overwhelmed. It's almost yeah. like we should get someone to bundle all these platforms <laughs> together and sell it as one package. Well, right. I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> that full circle. I'm not going to be surprised if there is some sort of package deal with Hulu, mm-hmm. because Disney now owns sixty percent of Hulu. Interesting. Um, deal is finalized and legal they will own 60 percent of Hulu. right but that's going to happen at this point by the yeah, time yeah. this streaming service launches disney will also own the controlling share of hulu you know there was a thought that they may just convert hulu into disney plus hmm. some of the some of the things you do on hulu that's the, that's a big draw for hulu don't really fit sort of the model you want to go for with disney plus right so. well disney plus at least early indications are that it is going to be a family friendly platform i kind of uh-huh. wonder that early speculation is that there won't be anything rated higher than pg13 or tv14 on that platform and that things that are rated higher than that will go that they will use the Hulu. Well, that'll make sense. That way they can kind of kind of like they've done with ABC for all these years, you know, things that weren't necessarily Disney brand, but they still wanted to do, they could put on ABC instead of the Disney channel. So it may just kind of be a similar brings up a whole other topic. I want to talk about but it's got absolutely nothing to do with star Wars. (laughs) Netflix, Marvel. Yeah. 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 Are they going to, are they going to revive these shows on Hulu? 
I don't know, man. It it doesn't sound like it. They may, but it doesn't. The, the problem is, is that Netflix has the distribution rights for those shows. Mm-hmm. And I, David, David texted me last night so excited. Punisher season two in January. I said, yeah, Punisher canceled in February. Exactly. That's what's going to happen. Oh, that's absolutely going to happen. They only are still airing it because they had already made it. They've already spent, they've already spent money. And, uh, the same with the next season of Jessica Jones, they were already shooting, so they've already spent money. So they're going to, they'll show that season and then they're, they're canning it. So I don't know what's going to happen. The only one I'm really concerned about is Daredevil. The others I liked, but I'm not so attached to them that you can live without them, you know, but the, the, uh, Daredevil was so good. Robbie, I don't know if you've watched that. We're really getting off our Star Wars stuff here, but have you watched the Daredevil series yeah. on Netflix? Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, I was actually excited. And I, I The one thing I liked about Daredevil was because that's how they introduced the Punisher. And I just, I like mm-hmm. the way that they are treating the characters in these Netflix Marvel series because it feels a lot more true to the way a lot of them are written. Like, they're mm-hmm. not perfect heroes. They're not always doing, like, the best stuff. And they yeah. see a lot more of a human side to these heroes who've kind of had this stuff thrust upon them. Right, so and really, really, that's really, the, that. the heroes that they've used in these series really lean heavily that direction uh, where they're you know they're not they're not all captain america they're you know they have flaws right frank miller's take on daredevil came from the fact that frank got mugged twice right before he was fixing to write it and he was kind of pissed off (laughs) (laughs) he created somebody to beat those people up huh that's exactly right he became he he became very interested in creating a hero who could do to these street level thugs what he wanted to and couldn't Mm -hmm. so that's the direction he took daredevil yeah well i'm I'm curious to see what marvel's next move i this seems to be part of the divorce between netflix and disney Mm -hmm. in that their netflix is firing shots you know saying we we see you as a competitor now yeah, I was, you know, I was reading a little bit more about that earlier, but the the one positive thing is they will still put a solo on there on January 9th. It's going to be, I think, the last one okay. mm-hmm. uh, that they're going to put on there, but it is coming uh, in January yep. to and, Netflix. And, and Wasp is the last Marvel show that's going to go on there, too. That's okay. it. That's okay. the last Marvel movie to hit it. And that, I was kind of surprised to see that they were putting solo on there. I was also really surprised to see that in January, all four Indiana Jones movies will be available on Netflix. Hmm. Interesting. That is interesting. Well, I know what I'm, I'm doing that day. Right. (laughs) No joke. All right. So, um, other thing we had going on is Disney announced a few weeks ago that they were launching a star Wars kids, YouTube channel. Initially they announced that that was the, that was the entirety of the announcement that they were launching that channel. For two weeks, there was nothing on it. But they've since started dropping these, uh, what they're calling Galaxy of Adventures. Shorts. Shorts. And when I say short, I mean really short. My like one two com- minutes long. My, they're not even two minutes. Most of them are like a minute and 15 seconds. Uh, my big, that's my one gripe with them is that they're just so short. Even the kids, you know, they're doing it for kids. So I guess they're going, you know, really short, concise, and I, but even my kids were like, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> but they're excellent. But they're, the animation is really cool on most of them. Sometimes there'll be something that's like, that's kind of weird. But there, there are shots in every one of them that I would hang on my wall. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they did a fantastic job with the art. But what they did was they've gone back to the original trilogy and taken, they're actually using the audio from the original films and kind of revisualized these little quick scenes with an anim- you know, in an animation. They're really well done. You know, kind of like, uh, you know, whenever Darth Vader first confronts Princess Leia on her, her ship, wants to know where the plans are, you know, and of course, automatically she doesn't know where the plans are, and it flashes back to all the different things, you know, that she's seen in the past couple of months that make it clear that she knows exactly where they are so you know just kind of things like that they're really they're really well thought out and interesting takes and honestly the animation is whenever they said that they were doing resistance with you know they were kind of going more of an anime style this series is exactly what i envisioned that it was going to look like 
Right. And it, it does look much more anime than Resistance turned out. Did you get a chance to check any episodes out, Daniel? Uh, I have. Okay. So look, see what had happened was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, and I understand they're only like a minute and a half long. <laughs> but I'm even worse than that because I've seen the thumbnails, but I haven't right. actually clicked on okay. them. But they do look really good. But you can best and bit. I knew even... what they were already. Mm -hmm. And I've seen the movie, so I know the dialogue. Right. So I kind of didn't get interested. Yeah. But I do think the animation, that at least I've seen steals the animation. Like I said, mm -hmm. I saw the thumbnails. Yeah. It, it really does look cool. Like that's, I'm like Marisha. That's what I thought Resistance was going to be when I heard the word anime. Right. Yeah. So watch them uh, though. They're oh, they're they're a lot of fun, and and they've kind of they've done some interesting things with yeah. with the way they've shown them. Like okay. they have an episode for the Millennium Falcon this week, and it's mostly it starts off in a scene in the original trilogy, but actually pulls a couple of shots from the Solo movie. Yeah, lots of little informational, you know, here's your 30-second blurb on Princess Leia, or the Money and Falcon, or the Rebellion, or whatever. So. I, I think they're a really cool idea, and my hope would be that when they're all finished... They will string them together! Yeah, you can watch them back-to-back, -back and they'll be... Yes. Know. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the long-term plan with them is. I mean, they pretty much just said, just a tool for getting kids into Star Wars. Well, my kids got into Star Wars pretty young... Mm -hmm. without you know just watching the original Which trilogy 30 second infographic so yeah, they're in the house with you though <laughs> yeah but you know originally my kids being into star wars wasn't because of andrew is because my niece uh became star wars obsessed uh because andrew tried to show him star wars and they were really indifferent but then selena decided that star wars was the coolest thing ever and all of a sudden it was the bee's knees <laughs> i will say this for jesse when she sees the USS Enterprise on screen, I know it's Star Trek, John Star Wars. <laughs> but when she sees the Enterprise on screen, she knows what it is. That's great. <laughs> she wanted to watch it one night. She wanted to watch Netflix. So I turn on Netflix and I'm going through there. She goes, ooh, your show. <laughs> I said, my show, what are you talking about? So she watches the screen she points at the picture of the Enterprise. <laughs> That's great. You want to watch that? She said, yeah, I want to watch that. So she sat there and watched Encounter at Farpoint. That's great. <laughs> I think one of the things, other than the TV show stuff, I, one of the things I was excited about this week is we got an announcement of the third. We knew that we were going to get a Thrawn trilogy. I, I really wouldn't have believed anything else, but they announced book three, and I believe that it's set to release just prior to Celebration. Of course, so that they can sell out of it in three minutes like they did last year. Yeah. Won't matter to us, though, because we're not going. <laughs> Daniel, did you read the second throne book? Well, uh, some of it. Okay. Um, I did. And yeah, Marisha's, I guess Marisha at this point is the only one that done it. I'm still going to read it. I'm actually very intrigued by this one, though. Um, the description, did you see the description of it? We should read it. Okay, so Del Rey Books released a little blurb the other day announced in the book. It says, set before the finale of Rebels, Thrawn's imperial loyalty is tested. He cross, uh, crosses paths with Orson Krennic and his protege Eli Vonto returns with dire warnings about Thrawn's home world. And it will be entitled Thrawn Treason. So I'm excited. Do y'all have anything else to add? Like, Daniel, you got any comic book stuff? Or Robbie, I know you've been pretty busy. You probably haven't been reading much of anything. And I know you've been working on your D&D uh, &D stuff. So you, I don't know if you've read any uh, Star Wars. No, nothing Nothing Star Wars. Well, we, we, we've got a couple of comic book things we can talk about. There's been some announcements and, and things going on. And since the last time we talked, we've actually had two more issues of the Star Wars series drop, 57 and 58. Our heroes are still stranded on this world, which has no transmitters, no communication technology. They're trying to be as isolated as possible, which puts Luke in quite a predicament. He is... He's so gung-ho to go help the Rebellion that he's chomping at the bit to find a way off being stranded on this planet. Does that not sound the polar opposite of something we saw recently? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> anyway. He's so, uh, so gung-ho to not help the Resistance that he's only going to stay on this planet forever. But anyway, so that puts him in kind of a predicament, and uh, Leia's got plans of her own going on. So those that I'm kind of enjoying this arc. It's it's I, I like the new characters they've introduced in it, and the... Uh, it's, it's a lot lighter than the 
after the hope dies story arc, which got kind of dark there for a little while. So I'm enjoying this one. We also are still on Han Solo Imperial Cadet, issue number two. Uh, you get to see more Han's time in the Imperial Academy. At the end of issue number one, he shot down a TIE fighter. I'm sorry, uh -oh. he stole a TIE fighter and got shot down. Oh, okay. And the commander was so impressed with his piloting skills that he led him in the Imperial Flight School. But we all know how that turns out. Right. Not grand. Yeah. Crawling through the mud is how that turns out. And the Darth Vader book is still just one of the best comic books I'm reading. And I am very sad that this month's issue of number 25 will be the last. It has not dropped yet. Uh, number 24 did come out at the end of November. And he's, what's the name of the, Mustafar. The natives of Mustafar are attacking his newly built fortress. Huh, there are people there? Yeah. Ooh, bless well, them. There were there were people there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, Vader once again just shows off how much of a badass he is, and he's still dealing with this ancient Sith Lord Monin, who had plans of his own. So this that story continues, and of course that series will end with issue number twenty-five. But we do have Vader Dark Visions limited series beginning in March 2019. And this is actually replacing the book that Chuck Wendig was supposed to write, Star Wars Shadow of Vader, which to me still sounds like a cool concept, and I would have mm -hmm. liked to have seen it, but of course, Wendig got fired. Right. So, right. not really clear about that. But this new book, like I said, will start in March. I am trying to find, I'm sorry about my notes here, Dennis Hopeless, who recently wrote the, the Jean Grey series for Marvel. Okay. And uh, an artist, Paolo Villanelli. A lot of European artists on these Star Wars books, but they're all really good. And the, the cover for Vader Dark Visions number one is out, and I think it just looks cool as hell. Yeah, it I looks saw like that. A black it's awesome. Yeah, I think we probably have a very talented artist, even though I'm not familiar with his work on this book. And I'm excited for that one. And that'll, like I said, March 2019 is the next Vader series. I told y'all there'd be another one coming. They're not going to let yeah. Vader just sit on the sidelines. No, no, no. Uh, now, who, um, who is the author of the Vader series that's coming to a close? Charles Soule. Yeah, I'm still really curious to see what have they announced a new project for him yet? Uh, not in the not in the Star Wars realm, but he's like I said, it's not his only Marvel series either. He's one of the more prolific writers. So, in the world of Star Wars, I haven't seen anything on upcoming for him. Okay. Okay, so Andrew just pulled up the uh, the cover. So basically, we've got Darth Vader with a shield riding a Thestral. Uh, yep. Don't that look cool? <laughs> yeah. It's very cool. I may have to get Shield Labs to make me this shield now. Yeah. That's cool. Very cool. So that's all I had in, in comic books to talk about right now. Okay. Robbie, you got anything that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no. Um, not. I'm, I'm actually uh, pretty blank right now. Okay. All right. But real quick, I'm not going to do the whole list tonight. Something I'm gonna, I'm going to start doing just so we can revisit them when these series come out. I've just kind of got a list of questions, and I'm going to mark down everybody's answers. So when these series come back, come we out, we can right too, we so. can revisit the answers. And I'm going to post some of the questions on uh, on our Twitter account as well to get some uh, and save those fi those final results as well. So here's week so, one's edition of quest, yes or no. Yeah, question, <laughs> question question number one: Will Lando survive? Yes. No. Boo. No. All right, I'm saying no. I'm saying yes. We got two yeses and and two nos. You did say yes, didn't you? I said yes because I'm That's being just wishful optimistic. I'm being optimistic. Shh. Pick one, but name a major sequel trilogy character that will die in episode nine. I think you're going to kill Kylo oh, Ren. Introduced in the sequel trilogy? Yes. Uh, someone specific to the sequel trilogy. Marisha, did yeah, you say Kylo, Kylo Ren? Ren. I, w I would have to agree with Marisha, I think. If it's anybody, Kylo Ren. All right. I am going to, while I agree that I think Kylo may die, I'm actually going to go a little bit different direction, and I'm going to say Poe. Hmm. He was supposed to die. Okay, so I will do these two because we discussed them tonight. Will Ray rebuild Luke's lightsaber? Uh, yes, I think so. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with yes. Yeah, I, I figured no, we would all be conquered. across the board. And the same question, just because we covered it tonight. Will Kylo wear a mask in episode nine? Yes. I think. I think yes. And yeah. if he doesn't, he should. I kind of figured we'd all be the same across the board on those. Um, okay, one more for tonight. Will characters return to Jakku in episode nine? And will characters return to Tatooine in episode nine? So... Answer Jakku first, then Tatooine. It is two separate questions. I'm going to say no to both. No. I uh, I agree with Daniel. I'm going to say no to both. Mm, I think they go back to Jakku. Yeah, I'm saying they go back to Jakku and no to Tatooine. <sighs> we spent two movies telling this girl she had no reason to go back to Jakku. Well, we spent a whole movie telling her to kill the past. Yeah, and we also spent a whole movie trying to figure out who her parents were, and we saw how that went, so. Her parents are exactly who I wanted them to be, to be honest with you. But y'all yeah, know that already. Yeah, but. Oh, wait, we got we got one more question that we got to do tonight. Will Kylo Ren, actually, I'm going to make y'all do two more questions real quick. I know y'all are probably getting tired, but. Will Kylo Ren be redeemed? No. Um. Ooh, that's a tough one. I, I think it's going to be a, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if they go like full Vader with him or not. I think that's like going to be the one difference that doesn't feel like kind of circular. Is it instead of like some kind of redemption, he's not going to get it. Yeah, I'm really torn on that one. But you have to have an answer. So I am, and I'm going to answer right no. All right. Marisha, that just leaves you. Well, I'm going to go yes then if everybody else is going to go no. All right. Last one. Will Raylo be a thing? <sighs> no. No. <laughs> I'm saying you no. As well. I'm saying no as well. Wrong. Kylo, you can't say Kylo won't be redeemed and say that's going to be a thing. Without one, you can't have the other. Well, right. Yeah, but, go with, I'm going to go with no. Okay, so we're no across the board on that one, right? I mean, maybe, but yes? I hope not. Can I go with like my preference as opposed to what I think no, is most No, you have to likely? say yes or no. <laughs> uh, I've got to say no, just on principle. And I will post some of those on the Twitter account. Well, that's going to do it for us then. But before we go, Marisha, where people can find you on the internet? You can find me at princessesandpadawans.com. Also, I am Princesses and Padawans on Instagram and Facebook. Andrew? You can find me at darklighter580 on Twitter. Or you can find me at thesciencefictionary.com. And I swear one day there will be new material on thesciencefictionary.com. Finish the article that is sitting there waiting to be posted because I'm too busy to do the final editing on it. And Robbie, how about you? No internet, only work. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come find me there. And I'm Daniel Peebles. You can find me on Twitter at Dan C. Peeps. And as always, visit thesciencefictionary.com and you can find us on Sci underscore Fictionary on Twitter. And until next time, may the force be with you.